0: Welcome back to Third Base Dugout, episode 105. I'm back. Like that Michael Jordan official statement?
1: (laughs) Yeah, MJ, I'm back. I'm not going to lie, Brian. I kind of liked it better when Mike was doing it. (laughs) I hear you. Good chirp. It's a good chirp.
0: But hold on. I had a bone to think about y'all's chirps last week. No, oh, we were taking shots. I've, I know. I have, two bones, I have two bones to take. I was taking mental notes as y'all were doing it because I knew I was going to have to come back and rebuttal or else I look soft. So, <laughs> first rebuttal. Mike, you said that it was the first time you uh, viewed me as a boss because I kept texting you guys about when y'all were going to record. <laughs> oh,
1: no. In
0: this context. So, I was on a cruise ship, right? Internet is very limited. What happened when you guys actually did record? Who Magic. did you have to call? Magic. I, you know. Who did you have to call? Uh, in my defense. If I was on a cruise ship, that call would have never happened. So I was there when you needed me. That's why I needed to know when you guys
2: were recording. So why, I could
0: use my minutes
2: on the cruise ship. Um, in my defense, I didn't call you, you called me. Like back the call log.
1: I uh, you. Well,
2: you texted me first.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. The panic button was hit on this end. However, we made it happen. I you mean, didn't make it happen. Mike, I'm very proud of you guys. Because
0: I was not... Was I literally got home fun. from like a... I got home from like a 10-hour travel day. And all of a sudden, I said text from Mike like, Yo, <laughs> I need your login. <laughs> I'm
1: like, I, I gave it to you like seven days ago. Episode 104 was probably the best episode we've ever done. And we have a little bit of a hangover uh to episode 105 and maybe beyond because we had that was a-
0: brutal i think i've been a part of like 102 episodes and shelly said the 104 <laughs> was the best one you guys have ever done no right i
2: definitely <laughs> well, i been, was trying to set this up, off, been up but there but- we got a
1: fourth we got a fourth guy now we got our guy.
2: the bases are loaded guys they the are, bases loaded. are loaded
1: they are
0: they are welcome coots Welcome yes. into the third base dugout team.
3: Happy, happy to be back and I'm happy to be here. Hopefully you guys keep me around. I'm super excited to be, well, you you did good a, in your be a regular.
1: Out. You did really good in your tryout.
3: You know, I, I tried, I I prepared well. I set myself up for success as uh, our former head coach for the three of us, Ray Hedrick would say, so you can't, you can't let anybody question your effort.
1: Oh, and that was I, never questioned.
3: I put nah, I put nah. forth my effort. I can send you guys some notes that I had <laughs> if you don't if you didn't believe me, but I still have them. So.
0: Hey, that quote last week was You brought the action.
2: It's <laughs> true. Right. Certainly Co- tried. Coots, didn't I tell you last week like my my default nickname on here is Wingstop because it's wing it everything. Yes. <laughs> It's like Brian sends the show sheet, and I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. I glance at it for a minute. I'm like, ah, we got this one. Left wing, <laughs> right wing, all flat
0: <laughs> The funny thing is, is, Mike was originally, um, as they hired, in air quotes, because not like we have, were employees or anything. <laughs> like we, none of us, none of us get paid. We make no money on this podcast. We That's have no sponsors. Literally, like. Well, no, we,
1: we, we actually deny people of sponsoring us, but if you do want to sponsor us, like we are not going to say no, but we say no because we don't do it for the money. We do it for the love of the game. Correct. Um, But but, like, if you do want to sponsor us, like we would greatly appreciate that. Mike's whole, we must stop uh, motto. Took
0: a turn after becoming the, um, the producer of the show.
2: That is true. When I was the actual producer, I actually did do a lot more work. Like I came up with the show sheets. I mean, they were formatted like almost down to the minute of the show.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Content uh, topics. And then it was like, hey, why don't you just be a regular host with us? And I was like, cool. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Same <right>? us. <laughs> right? Ah. <laughs> Get those out of here. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's like show, I was I'm trying to drink a sip of water and all I hear is that <laughs> what is going on holy moly um, yeah if you want any more of this just crazy shit that we have going on in this podcast go to Twitter <laughs> and follow us at third base dugout and YouTube dorm and sports see me dice up Mike a couple more times
2: um, um, wait no it's clearly you didn't listen all the way through because the video man from there agreed that that ball down third baseline was fair
3: he did so so go your back. E. The might not have went up. Your ERA
2: might not have went up, but your now win. we're
0: talking hypotheticals. I'm talking real life here, Mike.
2: That's what in real life that ball was fair.
0: You can't overturn a play that's already said and done.
2: Yeah, you can't do it all the time. <laughs> it's called instant replay.
0: Yeah, but what's going to happen after that? Then it's a hypothetical. A month after it happened,
2: <laughs> it's instant replay. Okay, we're just a little bit delayed. Just like if Jeremy Giambi would have slid, he would have been safe. We can. <laughs> we know these things are true. <laughs>
0: Mike's putting the game, uh, the uh, the two winnings oh. under protest.
2: Uh, absolutely, completely. I love it.
0: I love it. Uh, go subscribe to that channel, though. That'd, that'd be cool. Um, we would agree. And trying to work with an old friend of Shelly's to get some wiffle ball going on there. So that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, which, Shelly, I got to talk to you about afterwards, because I want to get that sooner rather
1: than later. Before. Yeah, I should have. Uh... Yeah. yeah, yeah, we might. Low key, have him come on and talk about his team. Uh,
0: the low Mets. Is he a Mets? Oh, is he a Mets guy? The low Mets fan. I knew he was a New York guy. I wasn't sure if it was Mets or Yankees.
1: He's a low Mets fan, quite passionate. Um, I'm sure he wouldn't mind, you know, shooting the shit with us for a little bit. Mets lost another
0: Degrom start tonight. I'm pretty sure. So at least they are back to the low Mets. Yeah, uh, yes, the world
2: comes back. Can Can we find a wiffle ball game to play in? Like we got a four man team right here.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, we just going to find gonna... four other losers that talk about baseball on a podcast,
1: no, and we'll like... be good. Hey, John Boy, we're talking <laughs> to you. <laughs> Starting nine? No, I, the crazy no I don't want to face like... Jake
0: Arrieta in a uh, 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 wiffle ball. That would not be fun. He makes a baseball look like a wiffle ball. I don't want to see still what left actually handed. With We call ball. it a deal. <laughs>
2: Like the crazy part is like I reached out to the MLW guys like a long time ago, but then I realized one of the reasons they probably wouldn't have responded because it came from like my personal Twitter page, which is very rarely used. I so probably thought it was a bot, <laughs> and the fact that like I have like a uh, cartoon avatar, you know, of myself on there, so they were definitely like that's a bot. So uh, <laughs> I could see why they didn't reach out. Understand? I have to be verified
1: so people know that you're real.
2: That is true.
0: Do you follow Third Base out? I do. You do? I do?
2: Yes. I mean, for what it's worth for me following it, I don't – to be honest, I open Twitter maybe once every two to three weeks. I just, I,
0: I've never yeah. – I never know what your Twitter account would look like. So that's that was the only reason
2: why I asked. Yeah, it's there. Um, it's still private <laughs> from – my young, reckless days where I said a whole bunch of stuff that I'm like, ah, nobody will ever be able to find these. And the fun thing is, like, my name's not really associated with it. I'll tell you guys that stuff off camera so nobody can find me.
0: Cool. Nice. Yeah, I basically <laughs> did the same thing with mine. I, I protected my tweets and deleted every tweet that I had and basically started fresh.
1: Yeah, I had. Okay, so. I don't think I've tweeted anything controversial, so I think I'm all right.
0: <laughs> not from your official Twitter account.
2: No, mine is, so (laughs) when we talk about deleting tweets, um, I just opened it right now. I have 46,761 tweets. I'm not deleting all of those.
0: Um, You're like Elon Musk.
2: You're fired up tweets like once every minute. How are you not
0: verified? 46,000 tweets?
2: Yeah, 46,761 tweets. Well, those count
1: retweets and stuff
2: too. Yeah, but my last one was July 17th. Was that this year? Nope. 21. That was the last time I tweeted. Um most of the time it was like live Final tweeting. Sucked, period. No, no, no. It was live tweeting during uh NFL games and NBA games, like NBA playoff games was when I did most of my tweeting because I, that's I where my my following group or like my circle that I followed. The time I they were really active or like mm-hmm. I was active with them. No, none of them like or talked baseball, so it would have made it pointless to tweet. I would say there is something
1: cathartic about talking trash on Twitter about a game that you're watching. Like even if nobody like interacts with it, at least you get it out of your brain yeah. and out somewhere. Yeah. Although sometimes, you know, you got you to gotta make sure you reread what you're about to post because there's been several times where I've almost sent something out. I'm like, you know what? It's probably best that that just stays in the drafts.
0: <laughs> you also got to be aware of the commenters if you know you know.
1: True. Um, True. I I did have special shout out to the storm room sports follower of the week. His name is Jerry. I believe he's from like Western New York. He's (laughs) quite the fiery personality on Twitter. He's he's so he followed third base dugout like couple couple weeks ago, and he tweets out some pretty funny stuff. Guys, got to give him big Draymond Green fan, huh? He does not like Draymond Green at all.
2: So I did have like two famous people or what I would consider famous, like retweet me or reply to a tweet. One is the rapper Wale. Um, the rapper Wale, he responded to one of my tweets. And then Derek Gould from uh, St. Louis, St. Louis Dispatch. I follow him on my personal account. I don't yeah. even like the Cardinals. Yeah. Follow. He replied to one of my tweets. So yeah. that was my highlight yeah. of Twitter. Well, Coots, as a welcome to Third Base Dugout, we
0: have now spent roughly <laughs> 10 minutes on the first, not even the first section, like topic of the show, but the first hyphen, like the first dash. We haven't even gotten to the second part of the
2: first part. Oh, wait, but Hey, can let's we,
0: talk about what we're going to talk about
2: today. But wait, can we let Coots like introduce himself to the to the audience? Because I, I did yeah, that last week. No, we kind of just jumped in. Like, I mean, we talked before, but everyone else,
0: everyone who was listening was like, Who the
2: hell's this guy? <laughs> yeah, we well, kind of just winged it. We we just sort of like
1: wing we like, stop. Wing stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were like, if we just act like he's been on the like like he, he's a part of this, yeah. no one's gonna question it, right? It's like fake it <laughs> till you make it. They'll never know. They'll never yeah. well, know. Well, Coots,
0: give us a quick synopsis.
3: Well, I and well, I'm first off. I'm Matt Coots. Um, I, I met <laughs> I met Brian I and Matt. met Brian and Shelley when in our fantastic time in Randolph Macon in Ashland, Virginia. We played on the same baseball team and got to know each other pretty well as anybody as any teammates would. Mm-hmm. Uh, stayed in touch obviously throughout throughout our time, and they they graduated a year before me, but we we stayed in touch and. We typically, I guess, I guess we stayed in the same area. I mean, Shelly w- went over to VCU, and, and Brian stayed and stay in the area, so didn't have a full disconnect. So it was easy to to hop on when you guys needed somebody and help out you guys when when the video videoing the uh, the live ABS came around. So it was it, it's been my pleasure, and I, I hope I hope this uh, becomes a regular thing. I'm super excited.
1: I think we can make that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we know some people that can make that happen. I'll, 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 I'll make, make a
0: few it. calls. I'll make a few calls. Um, well, thank you for your AA introduction, uh, Matt. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it.
3: yeah, they, they kicked, they kicked off pretty, pretty AA, AA like.
0: But sorry if I have yeah. any alcoholics in the in that <laughs> um, Just a stereotype. But, oh, God. This is what happens at eleven o'clock at night when we start. Recording. <laughs> um sorry <laughs> defending man. alcoholics and such um yeah so now you're going to get a good gist of what a six-part um episode is going to look like it's we're probably going to get to like part four and mike and Shelley have gone down about 27 rabbit holes one for each yankees mickey mouse world series um, um and, and and we'll get to part five and everyone's gonna be like shit it's one o'clock in the morning
2: We've already been doing this for two hours. So yeah,
0: this is this is where it gets fun. This is it really is.
2: But the funnest part is when Brian texts you after you guys finished the show that he's not on and he's like, Hey, was this explicit? <laughs> but then he comes back on and drops like four S bombs like in a
0: <laughs> Oh, I gotta, I gotta put like the I gotta um choose the option on anchor so that it's shown on Apple Podcasts, or else right. they'll get really mad at you. I don't think it was last week. Was it? No, it wasn't. No, you said shit one time, and that was it. Like, so I, I, I well, thinking. no,
3: no, no, that was a figure of speech because the O's were playing with the with some shit in their neck. Is what
0: That's I said. That's right. That's a figure yep. speech. Doesn't count. That is, Kids yeah, can you know, listen.
3: Was not derogatory at all. Yep. I think doesn't, uh, doesn't I think,
1: make sense if you say put some pee in the neck. Yep, but I, I want to put it out there. I think Brian's the only guy on this podcast that cusses because. I mean, obviously, off air, my language is very colorful. Um, I will admit that. And Mike does not cuss. So Brian, clean it up. Come on. For the kids. It hey, adds color.
3: <laughs> we got that cover. You gotta be able to flip that switch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got that cover. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh. just a top three moment ever
1: on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was a good one. That was a real
0: Mike. I'm gonna let you explain that to people who are listening
2: instead of watching. <laughs> nope, just use your imagination, guys. Just use your imagination. <laughs> There's a lot of first-time bars. listener, first-time caller. Just don't say anything. <laughs> There's a lot of crayons in Crayola. You, you can pick which one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that up to everybody's imagination. <laughs> Oh god! Hey, leave that in. <laughs> oh god, that's incredible! What a moment! What a moment! I, I might have to just clip that just to, just for Keith's sake of of like a a yearly review of third base out It's just
1: gonna be that clip, nothing else.
0: When we when, that's
1: whenever, some color. Well, we got that covered, Ryan. Whenever you decide to do our best of uh, episode at the end of the year, that's one of. Like, we might save that for the end. But that's definitely like what I want. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely be on the lookout for the best of for the
0: year. We probably won't do it, but be on the lookout for it. You should just yeah. be like, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. It's coming at some point over the next 15 years or so. Um, all right, some topics for today. So the Rangers suck in no um, new news there. Um, so they just decided to fire everybody, kind of like the Tigers, which is good. But um, the Braves and Alex Anthopoulos, Alex Anthopoulos is the best general manager in all sports. A uh, new segment called Triple Play that Mike introduced to us about two hours before the show. That was fun. Um, Mike, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't prepare much of anything. So my argument's going to be very invalid. You know who did prepare, though? Matt
2: Coots. And the fun yeah. thing about this is I don't really have to be stop this time because I'm going to be hosting that segment.
0: So. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and then we're going to do a snake draft of fictional characters to help the tigers. This is going to help me get through the tigers rebuild of I'm just imagining like crash Davis as the catcher of the tigers or something. Um, i don't know that was the first one that i thought of i've got a list of I, I i look that one i actually did your research for i i've got a list i did i did as well i've got and my now, mock okay. i've got my mock I, draft I,
3: I have one one question is is this just sports fictional characters or can this be just fictional characters from like tv
0: shows and movies it's like that you know i, I think like, i would I prefer think. if they can hit a baseball if they're gonna be on the tigers but that would no, be no, I, around that's pretty much what the tigers are anyway they can't really
1: hit a baseball so well, Harley At Quinn, point, that, I feel like she could probably be better than what y'all are rolling up the plate right now. But that we'll save that for the segment. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and then we're going to close it up, hopefully, before this hits the three hour mark. What's but that? first, we got some trivia. So this, it was actually a horrible time trying to find trivia for this, but I found three questions. Two, same thing as normal. Two will be where you guys answer on the pod. The third one will be taken to Twitter. And that one, you guys will answer individually and text to me. I'll hold on to those and I'll go over them on the next podcast. But we also will take it to Twitter so that um,
2: uh,
0: um on the we'll, we'll go through the comment section and see what people can come up with. So first question with the new MLB prospect rankings, Francisco Alvarez is the new number one overall prospect. He is the third catcher to ever be featured as the number one overall prospect. Who are the first two?
1: Adley.
0: Adley is one of them.
1: No,
2: no. Joe
0: Mauer. Mauer is the second one. That was very quick. <laughs> Shelly, good job.
2: There. The there. I kind of through the lob there. I kind of threw the lob there. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But, uh, Joe Mauer
0: in 04 was the yeah. first catcher to ever appear as a number one overall prospect. Secondly. All right, who was the – so with Vaughn Grissom doing what he's doing, which, by the way, just throwing it out there, Grissom has three hits in the last two nights. All three hits have come off either Max Scherzer or Jacob DeGrom. The guy's been in the bigs for like a week. So that's pretty cool.
1: First big league game he had a newt, too. Yeah. yeah,
0: We're not going to talk about it, though. So, but along those same lines, who is the last Braves player to homer in their first career plate appearance?
1: Jason Hayward. Oh,
0: I don't like you tonight.
1: I'm on it. You're
0: taking the glory away. Who was hey, it off of? Because you
1: remember – well, so remember he, like, pretty sure it became like a thing where he was just hitting opening day homers, right? Yes. That was pretty cool. And now he can't hit. Who was the homer <laughs> off of? Ah, now we're getting too deep into it.
0: <laughs> it's actually like a very – pretty well-known name over the last two
1: decades. Tim Lipscomb? Actually,
0: a pitcher who on he the still... who, who, the pitcher was on a team that he later played for. It's actually a very f- relatively famous home run in Braves history. Was it Wainwright? No. He's so thinking of the cub? rival of the team that he. Uh, the Cub. Played. Okay.
1: Yes, it was a Cub. Were they teammates in the World Series run? No, this guy had retired by then, I believe. Zubrano, yes, Carl Zubrano. Yeah,
2: all over. <laughs> um, I have absolutely no interest whatsoever in a Jason Hayward <laughs> um, trivia question and or answer, which is why I've been extremely quiet. Don't care. <laughs> um, you know, only thing he's good for right now is a rain delay. If you need, if you need a, a pick me up, just call. If you're having a rainy day, like he should open a hotline. That if you're having a rainy day, metaphorically speaking that you can call him, he'll give you a great uh, rain delay speech to get you out of it. I love
0: it. I love it. But um, famously, the homer traveled 475 feet for his first career home run off of Carlos Samrano, who was one of the best hitting pitchers ever, by the way.
1: Yes. Hit a ball out of Dodger Stadium, right? Yes, he did.
0: Yes, he did. He also was a notorious fighter as well. Yeah, back when baseball was fun in that yeah. aspect. Bring fighting back. Not a lot of people are saying I just that. want to see Shohei Otani just get absolutely pissed at somebody. But he's too nice. Start though. throwing haymakers. He, like, doesn't get mad. Yeah, I know. That, that's, that's what would make it fun. If he started just throwing haymakers at somebody, everyone would be like, what the hell? Whoever pisses off Shohei would be the most hated man on the planet. Brings you me know, back he... to the point of, like, well, how would epay react? Like, his translator. Like, would he have to translate Shohei cussing out the person that he's mad at? I think he would, it would be like a tag team situation, right? He'd be doing the play by play. Gotta like pause, wait for eBay to translate. All right, all right. <laughs> I love it.
2: Um, so, all right. Um, just some quick math, right quick. Jason Hayward has only hit six times more home runs than Carlos Zambrano for his career.
1: Uh, who's that, who does that favor or disfavor more? <clears throat> Carlos Zambrano.
0: Favors Zambrano. I feel, yes. I but does it bring down Zambrano the fact that he had a 475-foot nuke hit off him by a guy <laughs> in his first career plate appearance?
1: A guy who clearly is not
0: a home run hitter at this point. Yeah, looking okay. back at it, that's probably worse on Zambrano because Jason
2: Hayward sucks at the plate. <laughs> um, okay, just for kicks and giggles, and a 162-game average for Zambrano he would is, average pause
0: Time out. Is that like the non-cursing way of saying shits and giggles? I've never <laughs>
2: heard someone say kicks and giggles. Yeah. That, that does it a is lot. A, this is a non, non-cursing way. Um, <laughs> Zambrano would hit 238 with 11 homers and 32 RBIs, which all would be just about career highs for Jason tape. <laughs> Sounds about I right.
0: Sounds about right.
2: I love Jason, it. No, but no, I kid you not. Like, an 162 game average for Jason Hayward, 257, 16 homers, 66 RBIs. Yeah. The Orioles are definitely signing
1: Zambrano for the value. You basically get the same player. <laughs> Pretty much.
0: <laughs> all right, for this third question, you guys will not answer on the podcast, but you're all going to text me individually, not in our group chat, so that you don't copy answers. But – Um, then we'll take it to Twitter, discuss, and reveal the answer on the next episode. So, what is the higher total? Babe Ruth innings pitched or career home runs?
1: No cheating.
2: Sent my answer.
0: I look forward to actually seeing if you guys all have the same answer here. No, wow. Two already different ones. All right. All right. Obviously it's favored two to one in one direction because there's only three of you answering. But that's good. We have we have a little bit of uh differences in our answers. That's good. That makes for an interesting
2: conversation next next episode. So so you're not gonna respond to the text to tell us who got it right? Like did it I if usually, it's right. did I usually do that.
1: Usually <coughs> like it, like it if it's right. Don't like it. Don't don't touch it if it's wrong. I think I'm wrong.
2: Done. Oh, my phone didn't. Ah, my phone didn't. <laughs> Mike was correct.
0: Sorry guys. And again. <laughs> Sorry guys. Y'all only, only one out
1: of three y'all got that right. I was rolling tonight, too. I'm batting 6-7 <laughs> right now.
2: Sorry, if we would have had a rain delay, you would have got it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if we could, could use the internet. See, my oh, gut man. told me to go with, with the other answer, but I was like, no way it would be that obvious, right? And I flip-flopped. <laughs> that's what makes <laughs> it a good question. it's yeah, a good one. That's, that's a good one. All right.
0: Um, <laughs> The Rangers decided to have a fire sale in their entire baseball operations department. Uh, they fired their manager and their president of baseball operations in the span of three days. Um, now, the general manager is basically running every single aspect of the Rangers organization, probably under good. the microscope of like Nolan Ryan. I feel like Nolan Ryan is just like, is he constantly still on the phone? Just be like, yo, sign this guy.
1: Is he still with the Rangers? I don't know. He good probably, time. He probably but the fact there's really like good. one guy in their
0: front office right now. I'm sure Nolan Ryan's doing
1: something. Yeah, Nolan Ryan's probably shadow shadow president right now. Yeah, he can't. Yeah. So,
0: right now, general manager, who uh, is also the vice president, which is kind of the way it goes in um, the bigs. Chris Young is taking over. I really wish it was the six foot eleven Chris Young that used to pitch in the bigs, but. I don't believe the it other, right. the and other Chris Young
1: is uh, on MLB network. I did not know that. I really, the, little, the really tall one. No. no, the really tall one is the GM for
0: no way. Are you serious?
1: I actually didn't
0: research that. Yeah, they I used would to be just the hoping. pitcher.
1: Yeah, no um, way. Let's go.
0: That's so cool. He's about to be the tallest GM in MLB and history, then Red right? Sox.
1: Yeah, four Red Sox Chris, Chris Young's on, uh, is on TV now. He's actually pretty good.
0: The Diamondbacks should just have Randy Johnson be their, or no, actually, you know what? Even funnier, Jerry Depoto should become the president of baseball ops for the Mariners, and then Randy Johnson becomes the um, GM. The photographer. So that Chris Young is
1: not the tallest GM in baseball. No, no, have Chris, have Randy Johnson be the team photographer. He takes good pictures. That's true. He's actually really, really good. Really? He's yeah. Like He's, like, He's good.
2: good. really? Yeah. Like actually, like wickedly
1: good. Yeah.
2: I mean, granted, he probably has the best vantage point.
1: You know? Yeah, he like, fits
2: in the camera well. <laughs> he? Yeah, he would not fit in the camera well. <laughs> no. Just like a, it's like basically another pole just sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> he can oh, that. No, he, he's, he's good. He's got his hobby. But yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised that they did clean house. I was just surprised they did it kind of like the middle of the year. I like, would have thought they would have at
1: least waited till.
2: The end of the year, but
1: now I guess they have a jump start on looking for new people. Yeah, and and that's I mean their season was already done. The towel was already thrown in. It it makes sense that they were just like, you know what, let's just expedite the process and let's clean house now. You just you just advance the process a little bit. Yeah,
2: Yeah. Um, I don't think that Chris Young is safe through the end of the year, though.
1: No, because as
2: um, because as a GM, like you're the one that is really in the contact of you know, trying to get certain players. At that point, the baseball ops guy runs it up to the owners if he wants to cut that type of check. But they're going off of what the GM is saying and what he's feeling. I mean, Chris Young is very respected for his role, um, but I don't know if he's safe for the rest of the year or if he's just, like, getting through right now before they hire more people.
1: This could be also, like, a
2: trial run for him to be
1: the yeah. president. Yeah. I doubt it, though. They will probably <laughs> go out of out of house clearly cuz no one else, no one is left in house
2: <laughs> well okay so i think that he'll probably realistically probably get elevated to president of operations because of what he brings to the table like overall uh, but bring in a different gm
3: yeah and definitely um,
2: gives the, it gives him a lot of, a lot
3: more time as like a trial run yeah. and then it gives them more time to evaluate people that they want to bring in and I mean, like you said, Shelly, this is I mean, they've already packed it in, I think. So it's just a matter of getting people the right people in place for when they think it's time, you know, looking forward, which I don't think it's too far in the future. Ideally, you know, you'd expect they'd make some moves to to be relevant next year, but this could help them make sure they get the right pieces in place for
1: for that going forward. So do you think that with this new regime that will be coming in, obviously they've got the two – I mean, they got two albatross of contracts with, with Seager and with Simeon. Do you think they try to move at least one of those? I don't think you move both. You can't. Uh, you're you're, yeah, you're like paying you, half you, a billion dollars. You're in dollars too deep. To, yeah. Two yeah. different guys you, know, two guys. you don't think they've bullet to blow on one of those and just try to get value.
0: I mean, you, you would have to take on probably at least
2: 70% of that contract. Yeah, you gotta at least play. And your out prospect return isn't gonna be that great, even though you're eating a lot of money because of the years they have. Like Seager has performed a little bit better, you know. Yeah, I mean, Simeon's kind of came on, yeah, and uh Simeon's kind of come along a little bit as well.
1: I saw something but. interesting. So if they played every game at Williamsport, Marcus Simeon would be leading the bigs and homers right now. Yes. So I, see, yeah, like, I saw that as well. Is he really head? playing yeah. that bad or is he just He's hitting it to the warning yeah. track. I mean, he's perhaps kind of he's, he's not
3: strong enough. He needs to get in the gym this winter.
1: I think he's playing at the not, wrong field.
3: Or maybe he's playing at
2: the wrong field. He's not yeah, playing just,
0: in the AL East, which has just has a bunch of boom boxes in it. Yeah, and
3: just
2: but don't and hang boom out boom with uh, Tatis. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, just get ringworm. Yikes! <laughs> that dude. That whole situation is unbelievable. And I, I mean, I, we're not going to get down this rabbit hole, but like, his dad has been a complete like joke about this like senior is senior has come out with a completely different story than what tatis told yeah and he's like major league baseball handled this so poorly where he, he, he he should not have been suspended like he basically went on this rant on twitter about how major league baseball was fools for suspending fernando tatis like no your son deliberately took steroids and said something along the lines of
3: Tatis's teammates being envious of him, yeah, like, and that that's why he's getting so much backlash or something along those lines. And it was just blasphemous. Like, yeah, maybe
0: baseball ruined
1: his reputation. Like, yeah. no,
0: he ruined his own reputation. It's yeah, so, it's so dumb.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe, but, maybe, maybe, uh, Mr. Tatis Senior, just just be quiet. It's a, a lot of lot like, of finger pointing for people, people in this world yeah. in the, in the, today's age tend to forget about stuff pretty quickly if you just let it just sit and simmer and yes. disappear. That whole ringworm thing was shot down very quickly because
0: the um, the I guess the steroid that's in ring uh, the ringworm medicine is a completely, like, it's a different word than the steroid that Tatis took. Like, it's like, like three it's, letters apart. It's cluster ball and then cluster ball or something. Yeah. yeah, it's like, how do you if whoever is in the PR department with so I don't know if he's got his own PR team or like if the Padres PR team. But like, I think his dad Whoever did that just massively screwed up. I think it's his pops that's making the calls there. If you're gonna tell a lie, at least like make it somewhat believable and just like don't screw up the words.
1: I mean, well, it's gonna it's gonna come out eventually. I will I will play devil's advocate here as a scramble brain myself. I probably would have made that mistake as well. However, we talked about it last week. I would have gotten my trainer or the team doctor to go order it for me, who's, you know, got a degree in that, in that stuff. And I would have had them handle that. And obviously if I were to have failed a drug test because of them, I sue them and I get more money and then I'm all good. That's just playing long haul. Yeah. Um,
0: back to Rangers though, um, because that situation will probably not be done unfolding That Tatis, but Chris Woodward had a 211, 287, 211, and 287 record in four or really like three and a half years of being the manager. Never finished above third in the division, finished last twice, including having the um, uh, one of the top picks this past year. I can't remember exactly what pick they had, but um, three. there was three, <laughs> number three,
1: they had two the year before, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Kumar.
0: they they were. Um, they have not been good under Chris Woodward, but the fun no. fact is, he was it was either him or Aaron Boone for the Yankees managerial job in 2017, and it's wild how that turned out. Um, I have a hot have take, had any success.
1: I have a hot take. I think Woodward would, would have been the. He would have done pretty much the same job that Aaron Boone's doing right now because that job, the Yankees' job, outside of the pressure, writing that lineup card every day is not very difficult.
0: Well, hot take here, but I think I could go in there and win zero World Series
1: in New York. That's what I'm saying. And then have –
0: I don't know, though. I might be able to squeak one in.
1: I mean, all right, October baseball, that – that is what it is. I mean, I'm not gonna knock Boone for that, because that that's it gets weird. Like the Dodgers have had historically the best teams in all of baseball for the last what eight years, and they've got one World Series to show for it in Houston. Same here, same same thing. They've got one to show for it, but yeah, not good times in Texas. Not yeah, we would be surprised if uh, they they've got a uh, new manager in the uh, in yep. the dugout next year, a new skipper. Yeah. Um, just because we had to kind of cut it out because we were adding
0: stuff. Um, But one of the funniest things that I saw this week was the A's transaction list. So they released Jed Lowry first, then Steven Piscotty, then Elvis Andrews. Those three are the top three players in payroll for the Oakland athletics. Now, their highest paid player on their payroll is none other than Virginia Tech's finest, Chad Pinder, who is making a huge $2.27 million. I'd be pretty happy
1: making make $2.27 million. Me too. Apparently he's the most important player on the A's now. So does he call the shots in the locker room now that he's the big dog? Yes. <laughs>
0: They need not some sort many, of direction. around too it. many shots to be
1: called. Imagine
0: he is, He's getting the city of Oakland to build a new stadium. Chad Pinder saying, look, as the highest paid player on this team, you must build a new stadium for us. Good
1: luck. It's not happening. <clears throat> Oakland is a terrible sports town, and it shouldn't be because they've had some legendary franchises.
2: Well, I mean,
1: Legendary
0: moments, too. I mean, the whole Moneyball situation. Plus yeah. like uh, all of Bob Melvin's success there with lack of talent, to say the least. yeah,
2: I don't know if you call like Oakland itself a horrible sports town because I mean the Warriors have won you know quite a bit of
1: and the Raiders
2: were actually let me rephrase that
1: the, the city the, the the people that live in Oakland are great sports fans because they support the heck out of their teams. Now, the people that own the sports teams in Oakland or owned the sports teams in Oakland and the government of the city of Oakland are bad sports people. I think that's a better, that's a, that's a better take there. Because they, they have done nothing to keep their teams there. Nothing. Oh, the Oakland A's do not deserve to play in the dump that is considered to be a stadium that is called the Coliseum. Like, that is... People need to start putting that in ahead of Tropicana because at least Tropicana is, you know, Tropicana, you, I, I don't know, at least they win games at Tropicana now. I don't know. They both suck. But, like, you can't go wrong if you say the worst game in, in all of Major League Baseball is the Coliseum or if you decide that it's the Trop I don't think you're wrong on either either end of that argument. No, you're not. Uh, I mean,
0: I have been to OCO, but in the Trop is as bad as it gets. I drove by the drop. That's the closest I've ever it's been to. Not good inside and it's not good outside.
1: No, it's, it's
0: it's not. It's not, but at least they win. All the horror stories about the drop are very true. Very, very true.
1: I heard they charge um, a lot of
0: food there too for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And their concessions are like, they, they don't even pass inspection.
3: We, but it yeah, goes, not enough people go. So when they do go, they got to get the most out of them to make up for the, for the lost uh, revenue.
1: Yeah, they gotta get something. I think if they if they had affordable concessions, let's let's just fix major league baseball here, real quick. Bad teams, just make your food cheap, make your beer cheap. You'll get more people definitely
3: in stadium gambling.
1: Yes, even if it's not a legal state, yes, just just in the trot, just casual. It's illegal illegal gambling. (laughs) Yes, however, however, if everybody does like like raise money line <laughs> and then the raise of the payout all 300 people would sound like thousands it would be electric
0: if they had a sports book in every single mlb stadium pete rose would be doing another farewell tour oh, <laughs> <laughs> just going to every stadium and you'll just see him in line waiting for cat waiting to Is this catch the first time pete me. rose has
1: been mentioned on the show since the uh, mike's mike's dust up with him Yes, yes, Yes. that's a great story, Coots. Forget that guy. We are not. We are a big anti-Pete Rose podcast here. Absolutely, separate the art from the artist.
3: Did you guys? Did you guys hear him on recently on the broadcast of of the game? Oh, it it was just a bad look. I don't even want to even say it. Uh, it Please tell me. I got you. Yeah, Brian. Brian. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: Brian's the resident sailor on this podcast. Um. <laughs> so Pete Rose was on a Phillies broadcast, which I don't really understand why he was a filler. um I know, but like, like, He's, why would you even invite Pete Rose onto a broadcast? Oh, 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 oh! No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah be like the last person. Yeah, I don't know who in the PR department approved that, but they paid him to go on. So that's a yeah. bad use of money. Um, <laughs> you pay, but it you ended up getting pump. some good publicity which was funny um he was talking about some story and he said that uh the guy got a cock high fastball and then later on he's kind of rambling on and slurring his words like pete rose does um Himmer. and at the end he's like no shit <laughs> and john crock just in the the best way possible just goes pete there's no seven second delay on this (laughs) every like you heard everything on the broadcast and it's just i mean it was the most pete rose thing ever just saying cockeye fastball in the middle of a baseball game and it was uh oh god
1: it was like and he like the way he said it too it's like he knew what he was doing he was like he was like there was like a slight pause and then he said cockeye fastball and you're like Dude, you could have said like belt high, you know, at the waist.
0: That wouldn't have been the Pete Rose.
3: They're waist. two. They're two different things, though.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised. Oh, be-
3: belt tie and cock eye are said. two different heights.
1: That's fair. Exactly so, tec-
3: right. So technically, he was just You could have precise. said belt <laughs> high. That's true. That's true. Uh, Zip, zipper high,
0: perhaps.
1: Yeah, zipper high. That's yeah, yeah. That's – people know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: yeah. <sighs> Are we ready to talk about Alex for, like, what feels like the fifth straight episode? Mm, yeah. Might There's well.
3: no signs of stopping either. No.
1: Are they going to catch the Mets? Because we're changing our tone a little bit from last week, at least I, I don't know. know. I think they ended up taking three or four from them this week, I
0: believe. Yeah. Um, so, that's yeah, – Well, That's That's will some big say, news on their part.
1: I will say this. If the Braves are able to overtake the Mets, and obviously they won't get the one seed because the Dodgers are a wagon in their own right, but they'll be the two, which means they'll have home field advantage for at least one playoff series. Who is beating them on like who is beating them in truest? No one. Nobody. They, they might have the best home field advantage of anybody right now. Like I don't think I've seen I mean, a team. I play haven't this been long.
0: to any stadiums out west, so I can't necessarily truthfully say that they have the best home field atmosphere in baseball. But from especially from experiences, like from hearing about experiences of people who traveled all the different ballparks and everything, I don't think it's comparable,
1: especially not in the playoffs. No, because those of Atlanta, the Fulton County Crazies, man, they're coming back. Oh, and I back. and I I I think that that if if you catch them in a in a deciding game at home, you might as well pack your bags up. You're going home because they're oh, not losing. Tyler nutsack nutsagmatic. Damn, the there's no stopping at that point. Field and Truus, yeah, yeah. They put the Mets in their back pocket this weekend or week. You beat the Grom on a
0: Thursday. Oh, by the way. Oh, okay. So this will kind of lead into the conversation. But Alexandopoulos said that if The Braves beat the Mets tonight against DeGrom. He was going to put an ice cream machine in the clubhouse. So, an ice cream machine will now be in the Braves' clubhouse. Eat up, gentlemen. Eat up.
3: Well-deserved. Which I I don't like too much.
1: You're not paying Acuna and Albies, so. Well, as a part of
0: the Fulton County Crazies, I'm not a huge fan of the ice cream in the clubhouse, though. We can't be getting fat.
1: Wait, is it time? Wait, are we going Fulton County Crazies mode?
0: Sort of. But uh, let me break the news. I mean, like, I got to go all
1: in if we're going to do this.
0: Let me break the news first, and then we'll go Fulton County crazy. Fulton County crazy's move. Braves sign Michael Harris to an eight-year, seventy-two million-dollar extension, which roughly comes out to nine million dollars a year. So, if you think about it, a guy who probably will win Rookie of the Year um, is set until twenty. 24- Thirty, I guess one or two. Whenever it, the contract starts, um, and he'll be making nine million dollars a year over that time.
1: All right, I'm turning the flips, turning the switch oh, yeah. on. So let's what you're see. telling me, you're what you're telling me is that our team has our young core signed up. Plus, we're going to sign Dansby in the offseason, right? Yes. Right. All right. And we got we got we got Quadzilla in the, like he's going to be in the rotation for at least another, what, five to 10 to probably his whole career. Cause we're going to sign him to a, a great deal because that's what we do in Atlanta at Truist. We're running it back. We're a dynasty. We're going to be the new Astros, the new Dodgers. We're going to win every world series for the rest of time. It's over. It's a wrap. Might as well not even play the seasons. Don't come to Truist and expect to win. I, at least I, a decade. I have to
0: laugh at, um, at your statement there are becoming the new Astros and the Dodgers and being a dynasty those two teams have combined
1: for two World
0: Series since 1988
1: yes but I will say they are always in the in at least the the Astros in the last like what five, well, they're always there they're, they're always, always in
0: the ALCS for World Series yeah, right.
1: yeah I mean that's not an unrealistic expectation to start putting on the Braves if they're able like to for dynasty though you gotta like win it all there hasn't been a dynasty since the two thousand, like the two thousand or, or late nineties, early two thousands. Yankees. Yeah, like, you can make the argument that Boston was close with the 13. That was close, but I wouldn't argue it, and now I'm a Red Sox fan. And maybe the Giants. Yeah, the was, that's what I was gonna say. High. Yeah, like. Yeah, I I feel the like Giants it has team to be, would probably be, be three of four, and you got to be there for the fourth one. But you'll never – I don't think you'll ever see that again because of how much parity there is in baseball, which is great. That's what thats what you like to see. Mm-hmm. It gets boring when the same teams go every year <laughs> NBA. Um, Mike, <laughs> you doing all right over there, buddy? Yeah,
0: just
2: doing some math. That's all.
0: Keep- you, you're trying to figure out how the Cardinals are going to somehow go <laughs> 10 straight games of getting of – scoring one or two runs and blow the lead to the Brewers in the division and have to no, come man. back in the entire month of September?
2: that that's not really my uh, thought because the last time we were down in Fulton County, you know, being with the crazies, we also put up a 10 spot on them in the first inning and and eliminated them from the playoffs. So that's very little of my concern at that point. I was looking at the Michael Harris contract.
0: It's a, it's an Alex Anthopoulos special. That's for sure.
2: It is like, but essentially what he did was bought out the arbitration and I think they get Two or three more years additional out of it, you know, so when people read and say, well, eight year deal, all he did was buy out his pre arbitration years and his uh, a few of his arbitration years, you know, after that, and then you get to the actual deal, but definitely a great deal for Anthopolis and the Braves. I don't know what he has down there. Uh that just makes people sign for way less than he definitely
0: just, just gets them like hammered in the office yeah. and they just like, <laughs> yeah, that's a dotted line.
2: But like uh-huh. his 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 approach to it just makes so much sense though. Like granted, yes, you could say uh we all agree that Albies got lowballed, right? Like he got lowballed on his deal.
0: I don't think there's a single player on that roster that did
2: not get low balled. But here's the thing, though. I I can't say that they all did, though. Because, yes, you're looking at Michael Harris, what he's doing now, but let's also think about how many rookies have had really good years and then kind of flamed out the next couple of years when the league figured them out a little bit. Goody Bellinger. Right. This is an early lockup, you know, that makes sense from that standpoint. And you're like, hey, yes, potentially could I have earned a little bit more? Absolutely. But he's also going to hit free agency unrestricted at the age of 32, which still leaves him, you know, a window for another, let's say, a five-year contract. That if he plays, if he outplays his numbers here, you know, and you say 30, he's 32 in that 2033 season, gets a five-year deal, he could get, you know, 200 mil if you know if he plays it right. Um, like so I don't I don't know, I just think his approach is, is so great to it that it's, hey, let's lock up after your first year. He did it with Acuna, he did it with Albies, um, doing it with Harris. The only one that didn't kind of fall into that and in turn he ended up getting the most money out of it was Austin Riley. He was the only one. So I don't know if they all got lowballed on it. It's, hey, are we going to bet your chances down the road? Yes, like we could easily say that Harris could probably be averaged out at like 12 million, you know, over the next couple of years as far as value and play. But do you want to take that chance or you want to lock up some guaranteed money from now until, you know, you hit again? I would actually like to upset? differ
0: on the Austin Riley argument. This is his second full season of his career.
2: Yeah, but it wasn't his first.
0: Correct. It his first. Like, so it, it,
2: that difference there?
0: what's crazy is that I, I don't know, is it weird to say that Alex Anthopoulos feels like he's just like taking advantage of younger players? Like, is that, is that wrong to say? I feel like it is just very yes. like more morally wrong to say, but at the same time, like,
1: yes, and no. true. They, they could, they can reject it. Right. Like, yeah. they, like, but they, they're choosing to sign it. Obviously they're a little bit more mature, but at the same time, like, why wouldn't you want to play in Atlanta? Like, this is not me being the, the, the biased Braves fan that I am in my alter ego. But um, one of many. Uh, it's a fun place to play, especially because all they know is Bra- the Braves being good. Well, Acuna and Albies kind of know the beginning of it more than, than, than Harris does. But, like, and Riley, like, it's a fun place to be good. And that's like, and, and and you go back and like you 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 hear what, what Glavin, Smoltz, and Maddox when they talk about it, and like even David Justice, like that was the place to be was Atlanta. It's like yeah. it is it is arguably one of the best like sports cities in America.
0: Well, It was one of the main national fan bases until TBS lost the baseball stuff. Correct, because they were they were like the Cubs, they were like the Yankees, they were like the Mets, the Dodgers, like. Or actually, I mean, not even I mean, the and audience, they, the team like, the they were
1: on national TV every single day. They are the team of the South because nobody cares about the Marlins. Nobody yeah. cares about, about the race, even though the rays are well, I wouldn't say they are the best, but they're one. I mean, they're they're one of the best teams in all of baseball, year in I mean, and year out.
0: People care if you about go to,
1: the rays. if
0: you go to Truist Park, they make a really big deal about like Braves country and they like go through each um well
1: there's no team like each
0: southeastern state, and it's true they run the southeast the marlins mm-hmm. are a brand new team they have no fan base the rays are a brand new team they have no fan base not that anyone would really want to become a fan of the Rays, because that means you have to go to Tropicana field but you talk about like virginia is kind of where it starts because the richmond braves um being there it's for like a long the, long time
1: yeah and, and the nats being being added no six like I'd say like our age group is probably the last of the carryover. Everything kind of after us isn't. Yeah. Because like I remember, I remember like we would have been like second grade when they popped up. Cause then Soriano showed up in like, I think around then or. Wait, wait, did you say. Did you say second grade? Actually, I was in kindergarten when the the Nats
2: popped up. No, you're you're kidding me. There's no way.
0: I was 04, right? 04, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Dude, I'm really the old guy. I was like, like a I, freshman. I'm
0: really like completely uh, astounded that you have just found that out.
2: Yeah. Cause, you know, I guess it takes like moments like that. It was like, yeah, 04, I was in kindergarten. And then I think about where I was at in 04. Like I was in my sophomore year of high school. <laughs> like,
0: Mike was dicing sophomore... up dudes on the basketball court. <laughs> I was. <laughs> well, Brian and I were learning buckets. to <laughs> I, like I kept a green card all day for uh, – <laughs> hoping that my that my uh, kindergarten teacher didn't flip it to a yellow card. So okay, y'all did that, my too? Mom.
1: did that, too? Okay, we did it oh, yeah. Easy as well. I was, oh, yeah, I was green, yellow, red. I
0: was
3: constant yellow, just playing with fire. Uh, so hey, you probably uh, had
2: like a 10-minute break and recess where you couldn't play. Out of that 30 minutes, they were like, look, you're going to sit for 10? Yeah, I get that.
1: Uh, <laughs> like this one. Uh, our mutual friend Cole was a consistent red red guy. <laughs> if, you're, if you're shocked about that. Oh, oh. yes, yes, yes.
3: <laughs> I, I yeah. almost forgot which Cole you were referring to, but yes, I remember this. Yes. Yeah. It, it does not surprise me one bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, but okay, so not me being old now. Uh, um, Brian, going back to your Riley point, though. This is technically his fourth season.
0: He came up in the middle of 19. Uh-huh. COVID shortened season in 20. Uh-huh. So this oh. is his second full season, which is technically, technically what my point was. Are they counting 2020
1: as right. an arbitration full year?
2: They are. So yeah, that they have to. So, so this would have been – like this offseason would have been his first trip through arbitration. No, I'm sorry, his second trip through arbitration. Um. <clears throat> But instead it of was a him, UFA,
0: I think after next
2: year, 26, he would have been a UFA after
0: 26. Oh my God. I
2: didn't realize. Wow. Yeah. So like a, that was what he would have been a UFA for as after 26, but now it's going to be 33. I think the biggest thing that I look at when I look at these deals that Anthopolis makes is that nobody really <laughs> gets above like a 20 mark. Like, no, like, no, too crazy over a 20 mark. Like, Riley's peak years are at 22, and that's for like six straight seasons where it's at 22. Uh, even and here, he, and he still- deserves
0: that from his time in the big yeah. so far. Like, it's not like they're paying someone shit tons of money after having one breakout year. Like, no, ever since he's, I mean, he has, he struggled a little bit with like the strikeout numbers his first year, but like, He's figured he it like out. he like popped up into the MVP conversation for like a couple of weeks here in this season. Now it was never really it was never super close, but like he at least popped up in there and he had the best month of July
1: that we've seen since like Kyle Schwarber's June every single year. But it's not going to be out of out of reach to say that he'll be back in those conversations throughout his career either.
2: Yeah, doesn't look but, like. I mean, because even like, last year he was there's in that like conversation.
0: four dudes on that team that can be in that conversation yeah. every year. It's stupid,
1: but
2: and if they're you, all
0: making less than 20 million years.
1: What I'll be curious to see is how, how, you know, they save money with, with Riley, how aggressive they're going to go after Dan's beat.
0: So that brings me to um, a point that I was, I was talking about with Coots before the, you guys even hopped into the zoom is AA Alex Anthopoulos came out and he said two things about this. One, there have been two players ever in his tenure as GM that he said he will never trade. One was Ronald Ronald Acuna. The second was Michael Harris. Oddly enough. So that means he's thinking pretty dang highly of Michael Harris, which rightfully so. He's had a phenomenal rookie year. Um But the... Second thing that he, he said, someone asked him about this offseason or or Dansby, I don't know exactly what the question was, but he said, our main focus this offseason is signing Dansby Swanson to a long-term extension. Now, I don't know what that has to do. Like, I don't know how that affects Vaughn Grissom and what they do with him because at that point, they've locked up their entire lineup for like the next 10 years. Um, and maybe you just throw them in left field or something, teach them the outfield. Maybe even teach him. To catch. Like, I don't know. Enough, like it wouldn't be a hard transition for him. Yeah, correct. But like the entire infield's locked up for the next like seven years at least. If you if you sign Dansby long term per se, um, center field's locked up, right field's locked up. So left field is literally the only position that you can get to.
3: Okay, I, I, question for you guys: Do you think that the Braves have the? At, at what point do you stop this? Top, say top five, top seven, top ten, infielders across the entire infield in the whole league. Do they have a top? Like at each position, are they top five in each position, or would you say first, second, short, and third? Do they have top seven in each position? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I think they are top.
2: The top seven.
0: I'd say top.
3: Three and the only one that brings right- it. Only one that I'd say top three it's right Ozzie. now at
0: third. And probably Dansby, I guess. I think I mean, Ozzy's probably a top five second baseman in the league. Top, I mean, top four, top three, yeah. Um, yeah. Olsen is having a little bit of a down year, comparatively speaking. But, I mean, over the course of his career, since he came into the league, I'd probably say he's a top four to five first baseman. Dansby's the one who brings it down, if anything, and he's having a career year. That's so, just because we're in the gold
2: year, golden era of shortstops right now. Yeah. yeah. So that's – That Brian, you pretty much hit on why I'd say top seven just from a collective unit, um, because Dansby does bring that down a little bit, where you can make an argument for five for sure, possibly six other shortstops better, or at least it becomes debatable if he's in that top five. Whereas Riley, Olsen, and Albies, like your solidified top five, you could argue top three for all of them. and Dansby just falls a little short. But to hit on your point about what uh, Anthopolis said, I'm not going to say that he's lying, but I'm going to say that he might not have been as truthful. In those particular moments, you can't come out and say in some ways, oh, well, we'll see how it goes at the end of the year. Or, sure you, you can. Know. You can be like, no. we'll evaluate at the end of the season. Yeah, he, but, but he what...
0: specifically pointed out Dansby Swanson said, Our main goal is re-signing Dansby Swanson
2: to a long-term extension. Yeah, because he could have been like, "We'll we'll figure it out at the end of the year." Yeah, but okay. Now think about that message as it comes to your clubhouse. I think think
0: that means that we're focused on this year and this year only right now.
2: Right, but would so he still said that in a way of saying, "Hey, our main focus is signing him at the end of the season or this offseason signing him." But if you don't come out and at least offer him some level of support currently then that takes away from your team at that moment. And right now you're in a big chase or like you're in a dogfight. fight, excuse me, with the Mets, that you don't want any outside distractions that you contributed to. But I think that from what they're seeing from Von Grissom, yes, it is only a handful of games. But if that's their weakest link on the infield, I think that they could survive without Dansby. Because at least what Grissom brings that Dansby doesn't really have, or at least showcases much, the speed factor. Um, <clears throat> I hadn't really seen Dansby steal a whole bunch of bases. Now I could be wrong, but at least hold on. The, I'll, I'll,
0: you keep talking. I'm gonna bring up his baseball because so I'm actually curious. Is that what right? I, and I, and for, I could like, be
2: wrong, but at least from what you've seen from I Grissom I wouldn't so say far, Dansby's
1: slow, but like Grissom does have that. That yeah.
2: Yeah. And he's a little bit more athletic, you know, he's going to have a little bit more range. Like is Dan to be more of a proven commodity? Absolutely. But I think that if you're looking at and saying, Hey, we're somewhere that we can throw money in typical Anthopolis fashion, I think it would be more so at pitching. You can live with uh, Grissom being your lowest paid, you know, player, and not locked up long-term because now you free up some of that money to throw at, you know, some pitchers that are going to be on the market or potentially be on the market. What's up?
0: Are you ready for a rebuttal? Sure. Vaughn Grissom is in the 52nd percentile of sprint speed. That ain't shortstop worthy. That's like Corey Seager. Keep, keep going. Cause I got something to, to add. Swatson's in the 86th percentile of sprint speed. That's not even close to one another. You like Dansby, Dansby Swanson, like Von Grissom would be like a quarter of the way between third and home when Dansby scores.
2: Yeah, Von Grissom is also 6'3". so your sprint speed does slow down according to height. So it looks different. Like you could literally have ru- you seen okay. O'Neill Cruz? No, I get it. But he's also O'Neal this
0: Cruz absolute, is probably the fastest player in baseball right now. And he's
2: 6'7. Right. He's an absolute freak. So strides, strides matter. His strides are going to matter. Yes. O'Neill Cruz, absolute freak athlete. Right. But I don't think that it's that far off comparably between Dansby and Vaughn. Cause then you got a guy that's 6'3 lanky. You know, I think Dansby doesn't even, I, I like this is no knock on Dansby, but he doesn't look six, one at least compared to like other guys that he's around, like Grissom looks 6'3 or above, you know, with what he's doing. He covers – to me, he covers a little bit more ground, a little bit more versatile there um, because he's also playing second right now with Albies out that
0: mm-hmm.
2: – talk to me.
0: Did you just say Vaughn Grissom covers more ground than Dansby Swanson?
2: physically speaking that's what would happen 6 3 first, six one limbs are yeah, going Swanson tight.
0: is in the 99th percentile and mm-hmm. outs above average that is the epitome of covering ground person yeah, that is
2: also a participation trophy because it is an analytic that I don't care that about. that means
0: he just gets that means he gets people out more than the average player that's not much of a participation
2: trophy that's just literally looking at hey a balls up the middle one guy got to it another guy didn't But how do we know that other guy wouldn't get to it on that same exact ball? It's not like we can overlap them and say, hey, both of you guys go for this ball. That's why I hate that type of analytic of, oh, better than the average player. No, they're all major league players. Like It's not like we can overlap them and say, hey, both of you guys go get this ball. But we're not going to go down this analytic route because I don't want to run Coots away on this first show or second show here. Um,
0: Congressman
3: has 27 stolen bases this year. Opposed to danceby's fifteen. Now, with that said, Dan, <laughs> I was about with saying, that
0: one wasn't one, one
1: wasn't triple-A.
3: <laughs>
0: well, um, I mean, he had he had.
1: Here, let me pull up.
2: So he has two guess, stolen he bases has, in the bigs, right? And 30- there's
3: also an art aspect of stealing bases. It's not just sprint speed. There's a way. Exactly. I mean, there's That's a true. technique, and there's obviously some people are better. at just straight up stealing no. and getting the read than
2: others. Right. And it could just be early signs right now. Like the guy's like playing with his hair on fire, but at least from the few times I've watched him play and he's been in a lot of, it's an excitement there, you know, and.
0: Oh yeah. He's, he's, it, he's a firework. I mean, it's right. awesome.
2: You know, but like I, say, I again, going back to the original point, I think AA might've been doing a little bit of lip service there as far as just saying, Hey, you know, yeah, we're going to focus on Dan's been the off season, but. You know, you can't just come out and say, well, you know, we're not going to focus on him or those type of things. Because, again, you're in the middle of trying to repeat. And, yes, you just went through losing Freddie Freeman, you know, last year, you know, somebody that won a World Series with you. So now how do you follow that back up? But I think that they might if they do bring back dance, I think it'll be an overpay and they're not going to get the value back for it.
1: Okay.
0: Fair point. Good job. Let's keep going. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. I'm I'm a, I'm a Dansby Swanson supporter.
2: And I'm not I'm, I'm not like, like a hater of his or like opposed to him, but I just again I think that well, I think you see Gr- you see Grissom perform right,
1: and the urgency to sign Dansby automatically just sort of. Decreases a little bit because you know that his replacement is serviceable and cheaper. However, the hidden aspect here is I think you piss the fan base off if you let him walk because the fact that they were able to get over Freddie Freeman was impressive because I, I I didn't think they would. Clearly, they are. I mean, there will always be that little bit like I oh mean, I wish we got him back, but I feel like you have to go get Dansby. Honestly, it for. In any, any, any case, the fans, more than anything, but that's just Which, that's my take on it.
0: Yeah. Well, my last, absolute last thing on this, because we've got two more segments that are probably going to take up the next hour of this podcast. <laughs> um, the Anthopoulos has a track record of whatever he says he's going to do, he is very likely going to do. Um, and so I, I trust him, and I will trust him until he proves otherwise. Unless he – until he, like, somehow forgets this negotiating prowess that he has shown, um, I'm going to trust him. But okay. maybe it, Dansby sees right through it and he's like, screw you, I'm right. going to get 30 mil. Right.
2: Just, just give me the quote one more time of what he said.
0: He said, Antopoulos. our – I guess our main goal or whatever this offseason is to sign Dansby Swanson to a long-term extension. So I I
2: think that's what they're going to try to do. Right. And everything that you said just now about him being a person of his word, that is such a vague statement from a communications aspect of it of, hey, that's our main goal, right? But do you always reach your main goal, right? Like in that it takes a couple of different things. Generally you do. Right. But for him, it's an easy scapegoat there to be like, hey, that was our main goal. It didn't work out. And now we're there.
0: Hey, good luck he, to you. Again, though, he does have a fallback option though. Vaughn Grissom's a pretty good fallback option so far. Again, yeah. All right, let's get to your triple play segment. Oh, we did already. Explica, uh, por favor.
2: Welcome back to third. Oh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> no, so segment I just came up with on off the top of my head, since we got a four-man crew now. Um, it's a segment called triple play. I have sent these guys individually um, their topic and their player and their goal is to convince us why their player wins that category. Um, so just to give the first category, um, it was titled best center fielder of all time, but they had to already be inducted into the hall of fame. Yes. I did that so that I didn't have to obligatorily like put Mike Trott into it. Cause I don't like hearing about him. Uh, Um, so they all have a center fielder. Brian, who was your center fielder?
0: Ken Griffey Jr.
2: Tell me why. Tell us why he's the greatest center fielder of all time.
0: If you could think of one person that you won, maybe either mimicked your game after as a kid. You either turned your hat around when you were taking BP or you turned your hat around when you were playing with football in the backyard. And then you go in and you just watch Ken Gravy Jr. Highlights of that sweet, sweet, sweet swing of the 630 home runs that he hit. Which if I did more research, I could confirm to you that I believe that's the most home runs by a center fielder of all time. Um, If you don't count, I don't mean yeah, because Hank and um, and Barry never played center field. But no, I guess um, I guess Willie Mays might have had more. But um, either way, Ken Griffey Jr. was the epitome of a five tool player in a better era than the other people that we that um, the other person that I have just discussed. It um, was an era of the new age of baseball in terms of weight training, in terms of Technology was being introduced into the game, and Ken Griffey Jr. was the person that changed the way baseball was viewed. And if there was one person that I would select to be the logo of Major League Baseball, it'd be Ken Griffey Jr. If there was one person that I would say should have been the first unanimous Hall of Famer, I think it should have been Ken Griffey Jr., and I think his stats just back me up 630 stolen bases, or excuse me, 630 home runs. That'd be wild. Holy moly. Um, I mean, 2,700 hits, almost 2,800 hits, 1,800 RBIs, career 907 OPS. And he was a pretty dang good defensive player, too. He's made some unbelievable catches out there. The first. modern five tool player that people model after now and that is my case for the kid
2: very nice very nice um so i'll tell you guys like something at the very end of this particular one but i want to hear from uh let's go to coots coots who did you have and just to kind of condense some of this because not nothing against you, Coots, but I figured this I was gonna use more for Brian. Um, you got a minute thirty on the clock.
1: Got it. Uh, minute thirty. I
2: wouldn't need a minute thirty. <laughs> all right. Kick it off. Who'd you have and, and why? I have Willie Mays. And Brian, it sounds 30. like
3: your case your case for King Griffey just sounded like he had a good influence, a major influence on the game and the and the fans of the game. Willie Mays leads all center fielders in war. Leads all center fielders in hits with 3,283. Leads all of the center fielders with home runs, 660, most runs, most RBIs. Not to mention top 25 in stolen bases amongst all eligible. Third in WRC Plus if you want to get advanced. And then he is top 15 in average and top 20 in OBP. I don't think I really need to say too much more than that, that it doesn't even take into account any of the defensive metrics. So... I mean, it's. I mean, it doesn't really get too too much of a closed case than that. I don't think. I think I got time to
2: spare, but I just kind of ran through it. It's very nice. You had thirty-two seconds left. All 32 right. Seconds. All right. So Shelley. All right. So I had Good Mickey point. Man.
0: I had a feeling Mickey Man
1: was the third one. All right. All right. I'm gonna go a little bit different method here. Mickey Mantle is your grandpa's favorite baseball player, all right? Whenever you're having a conversation with... My grandpa was born when Mickey Mantle was playing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's your grandpa's favorite baseball player, all right? This guy, you know, on the field, he was great, but off the field, he was even better. He was what we would consider to be an alcoholic, all right? He had a little bit of a drinking problem, and that might have been because he was always hurt. But you know what? That never stopped the switch-hitting slugger from getting it in and right field underneath the bleachers with with some random girls because that actually happened confirmed. He was a dog. He had what we call uh, that dog in him, all right? (laughs) He was a menace on the field and off the field. (laughs) But on the field, one of the best switch-hitting outfielders probably in the entire game of baseball's history um if is honestly if he didn't get injured we might be talking greatest baseball player of all time um but off the field that's where mickey man really made his mark when he gave me that one i was like i have to do it i have to go with this method
2: definitely did not see that coming
1: so um according- definitely definitely leads and dogging him
2: that's for sure <laughs> yeah winner and dog get him um <laughs> him <laughs> According to their Jaws rating, which is just funny mentioning that now after the Mickey Mantle story,
0: <laughs> that, dude, I'm the, I'm the analytical nerd on this show. I don't even know what Jaws rating is.
2: Oh well, don't get mad at me, brother, because you get mad at me when I bring up analytics. So it's my—I I mean, that's true. That's true. Um, but Jaws rating, which is a system, and I will give you the actual definition for it since you want to be that guy. Um, It is the J Jaff. I'm assuming I pronounced his name right. Could be Hoff, but we're going to go with Jaff. Uh, <laughs> J Jaff first developed the Jaws War Score System um, in 2004 as a means to measure a player's Hall of Fame worthiness by comparing him to players at his position who are already enshrined. Uh, this factors in a whole lot of other things. The highest score on that list, and this is where I thought it was a little crazy when I give you the numbers. Willie Mays was ranked number one at a 114.8. By comparison, Mickey Mantle was at an 87.4. Heads and toes better. Griffey was at a 68.9.
0: Well, these were close to 69.
2: True. Very nice. <laughs> so... um. So a player, so here's here's the other part of it. A player's jaws is his career war averaged with his seven-year peak war. So, Ron, I figured you would appreciate that a little bit. Thank you, sir. Oh, I got can a couple be, more analytics for you on the next one. Night. Yeah, you know, trying to branch out a little bit, trying to evolve. You can teach old dog new tricks, just not analytics that don't make sense and stupid stuff. But uh analytics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Second topic. So for the listeners, we got three. Again, we're rolling through these. But the second one is convince me why your pitcher that you have is the best starting pitcher active. But here's the catch. They had to pitch at least 12 years. Yes, this was done to avoid possibly bringing up Jacob Degrom, but they pitched for 12 years. And tell me why they are the best. This time we're going to go in reverse and start with Shelley. So I have the great Clayton Kershaw.
0: How'd you end up with Mickey Mantle and Clayton Kershaw? Oh,
1: it's shit.
2: Because it's the, it's the luck of the draw. So, <laughs> it really was. I used a random generator for numbers, and that's how it came out. <laughs> so let's begin. The most dominant
1: pitcher of the 2010s. Easily the most dominant pitcher in two thousand tens. I mean, this guy led the league in ERA and wins. Well, led the led, led the league in ERA for four consecutive seasons, and in the season in the seasons following after he didn't lead the league. Pretty sure he was like second and third because there was one year in twenty sixteen where he threw to a one six nine ERA, and even past that in his what we would consider to be out of his prime. He's still throwing to a sub three ERA consistently. He had one little hiccup in 2021, but you know, he's getting older. That's going to happen as your career gets a little bit, you know, later. Um, let, Let me, let me just go down the awards here. He's won an MVP. He's a three time Cy Young award winner. He's got the pitching triple crown under his belt. Oh yeah. He's also a world series champ. So all that 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 shenanigans about him not being a postseason pitcher, well, kiss my ring, you know. He's got it. He's checked every box. He is – I mean, he's the best pitcher on the best team. Like, he's, he's the man. Like, everybody – every left-handed pitcher in, in big league baseball from now until the end of time will look up to Clayton Gershaw and be like, thats that's one of the all-time greats. And he is currently the best active pitcher to have thrown 12-plus years in the bigs.
2: Four seconds to spare. Not bad. Was good. Coots, who'd you have? Tell us why he's the best active starting pitcher I of have, at least 12 years plus. I have Mad
3: Max Scherzer. And here's the difference between Scherzer and Kershaw. Is Kershaw, Shelley mentioned, was the best of the 2010s. And he mentioned that Kershaw is out of his prime. He's on the down slope. I am here to say that Scherzer is the model of consistency. Over the past 12 years, ranks third in wins, third in ERA amongst qualified pitchers, that being you know, the 12 or more years in the league, uh, or active, I guess I should say. Win-loss percentage is second amongst qualified, and then second in Ks behind Chris Sale, who I don't think Chris Sale's... The other the is the third option. I don't think Brian has Sale. So, and then after that, going back to saying that he's still in his prime past six years, number one in wins, third in K's, third in ERA, behind only one per one pitcher who's been in the league for 12 plus years. And I think that ERA is is Walker Bueller. And then it's I believe uh Kershaw, but that's a little flawed due to some missed time and then leading in war and then leads MLB in strikeouts the past six years. And he also has a World Series win.
2: Not bad. Five seconds left. Um, so <laughs> I know people can't see it because, you know, we're just going to be on Zoom. It's going to be the recording out. But if you can see Brian's like wheels turning in his head right now, I don't know if he's like, actually focused on his player all of a sudden now or if he's doing something else, but like his screen is lighting up, he's got super quiet, he got like this focused look on. So, <laughs> Brian, who was your guy, and tell me why he was the best, or why he is the best. My favorite pitcher of all time, Justin Verlander.
0: Um, he is the best because, as analytic as I am, he is the he has the highest WAR of any active pitcher in Major League Baseball at seventy six point four. If you go by Baseball Reference, I'm not sure about fan graphs. Don't ask. He has the most wins among active pitchers in Major League Baseball. Not named Zach Greinke, he has the most games started in Major League Baseball active. Which, Mike, that goes to your saying your best ability is your availability. He didn't pitch for two years because of Tommy John. That was the first injury that he had in his Major League career, and he still is second in games started among active pitchers. And then he's second in complete complete games. So even in this era of not pitching complete games, he's still doing it. He's still doing it. Also, he's done two no-hitters. And he's got an MVP. And a couple of Youngs on his belt. And he's got a World Series, even though it might not have counted. It didn't.
3: <laughs> and, and the Kershaw a World Series has an asterisk on it, too. Just saying. Exactly.
0: No one counts. Exactly.
3: Just saying. So, so, way. so theoretically, Scherzer has the only real World Series.
2: You won it for the Nationals. Does and that he beat. Count as a he, real beat World he beat the Dodgers. He beat the Dodgers for it.
3: Crazy how life. Crazy life works, on huh? Todd.
0: Verlander.
2: Yeah, well, you know, we've talked hard about those. All right, so here's another little analytic for you, Brian. Out of those three pitchers. ERA plus 15 years for Kershaw at a 155 ERA plus. Scherzer in 15 years is at a 135 ERA plus. And then Verlander is at a 131 ERA plus. Technically 17 years, but you could easily say that that's really just 15 because of the last two years that he's missed, or like year and a half. Year from the Tommy John, but 17 years in the in the bigs as a pitcher, uh, 131 ERA plus. Now, very last one, and all of my all of my numbers came from Baseball Reference. So, if they're wrong, blame them, not me.
0: Baseball Reference does not count the years he missed. So, 17 years, He's 17 years in 17 years.
2: Fair. All right. So, this one's a little bit more subjective, you know, as opposed to the number. And I'm actually going to switch it up a little bit. I know I said best peak, but let's go with who was probably the most feared and most consistent during their their peak. And that is as a left-handed reliever. So we started with Brian on the first one. We started with Shelly on the second one. Cooch, you're going to kick this one off. Then Brian and then Shelly.
3: I had a role as Chapman and it was hard to really pin down years of prime because I feel as though more of his his peak fell within years or certain aspects of one year but the real range I found was 2012 to 2016 so that being his time with the Reds and then the Yankees and then that little half stint he had with the Cubs rocking a 184 ERA 546 strikeouts in 314 games and within those 314 he had 181 saves when the Cubs were in that World Series or in even the back half of that season when Chapman Chapman came on the mound it was it was wraps it was it was modern day right now we can compare like Diaz and, and class a, and we, we think they're the most feared, but I think at that time and in, in his prime, I don't, I don't think anybody wanted to go up to the plate and see a Chapman up out there, not to mention he's a physical specimen and can really just pop the buttons on the Jersey from breathing too hard. So that is my case with the rolls Chapman. And he threw like 104, which at the time was incredible. So
2: it was pretty tight. Right. Yeah. Now it's like commonplace. (laughs) Yeah. Now, now, is doing it now. Yeah. Hey, Brian, who'd you have? Tell me why. Tell me why they were the most dominant and most feared.
0: I had the better lefty of the two, and Josh Hader. Josh Hader had probably the most impressive streak by a closer in baseball history. I say that because he tied the MLB record of 40 straight appearances without allowing a run. That's not an earned run. That is a run. So that means guys weren't even getting on base for people to make errors for to allow them to score. There were 313 days that passed between him allowing a run in that time period. 32 straight saves in that time period. 11 of those saves were one-run saves. So that's high leverage, as high leverage as it gets. His strikeout-to-walk ratio was 65-16. to And the good old straight-up stat for you, Mike. Opponents, I'd say he was feared. He had a .87 batting average against over those 313 days. So most feared? I'd say it was the guy you can't even hit off of. Josh Hader.
1: Not bad. Shelly, bring it on? I have Andrew Miller. All right. Yeah, so how long was your uh, your guys' peak, Brian? Josh Hader's peak? 365 days? I didn't look
0: at how long. It's 313 All right, my, days. Uh, my I, don't guy, I don't think Andrew Miller did that.
1: My guy Andrew Miller had a, let's see, one, two, three, four, five six year peak where he was the most dominant pitcher in all of baseball so i'm going to highlight uh the 2016 playoff run as a prime example of just pure and utter dominance where he came into games in the, the seventh inning and the game was over it was that simple and if you know the rest of his team could figure it out we would be talking about how the cubs world series streak of not winning world series is still going on to this day but that's a perhaps so it was
3: due to Oraldus
0: Chapman's prime. Right. Uh, no, Chapman's prime. He gave up a
3: yeah, I believe
1: Rajay Davis. Didn't count against my Series. time, by the way, it's getting hijacked here. Yeah, no, um, yeah, that's my bad. But anyway, but to, to go back, so when he became a full time reliever in 2012, uh, he threw to a 335 ERA, 264, 202, two, mm, 204, uh, 145, a. I love baseball reference, uh, a 144 ERA uh, over that, that span and uh, consistently had ERA pluses in the 150 and above range. And I believe he had a uh, career high ERA plus uh, ooh, uh, 311 or excuse me, 319 in 2017, which is absolutely ridiculous. And the guy was just an absolute workhorse, was receiving Cy Young votes. In 2015 and 16, two time All Star, and was arguably the most shutdown reliever in the history of all the games. Not bad. Can I say something? Sure.
0: He's not even the best reliever for that franchise in the last 10 years.
1: Okay. Emmanuel Classe is gross,
2: but thank you. But oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. <laughs> like class A's like, had a stretch, like really just the last year and a half. Andrew Miller That's always was always played in Andrew half
3: class A going in the going into seventh and finish it.
0: Right. Like Andrew Miller would do that.
2: I think we
3: could
0: go right. 102 on our cutters.
1: No, like, not a true closer either, though. So just won't play that. He had like one year with like 30 saves, but then after that, it was just mostly like seventh inning
2: and just finish it for us. Thanks, yeah. buddy. And e- even if they weren't saves, you know, of nine outs or eight outs, you know, is was the fact that Andrew Miller really kind of shaped what, in my opinion, what a high leverage guy is supposed to be. Because mm-hmm. he would come in in, just, in the fourth inning catch. and finish the game free if you needed him to. Yeah. Or – Slider was disgusting. Yeah. Or come in in on a – our eater. Right. Come in, in a high leverage situation in the fourth or fifth, and immediately he's the first gun out the bullpen. You know, like especially in those stretch runs, there like not that I'm showing any bias per se, but like, <laughs> well, he was bad with your team, so it... yeah, which is why I'm not showing any bias because he didn't do what he did in Cleveland when he came to St. Louis.
0: I think there's a little bias over here because I you gave me a rival closer. Told you, completely luck of the draw. This be luck of the draw. <laughs> but... I'm I'm. This is under protest. This game is under protest. <laughs> yeah, I got <laughs> okay. Mickey Mantle, and you got King Griffey Jr.
2: It's true. it's true. Sounds like so, Mickey Mantle's the better option. No. <laughs> I played that card well. No, and this was a little fun little talk here, man. Like just really kind of open eyes on, on some other things. Um, I think that the next time we do this, what I want to do is do it from an aspect of like tell me why this guy was the best third baseman of this particular era and give you three comps with it, right? So, or like, let's, if I give you a better example, uh, shortstops in the in the early 2000s, A-Rod, Jeter, and Garcia Parr. Like, tell me why this guy was, you know, the better one. But like I said, this was just to create a little dialogue. Like, so we don't talk about the same players repeatedly. Like, I can't honestly tell you the last time that we talked about Andrew Miller on the podcast, (laughs) so you know just just something different. So hope you guys enjoyed it. But if you did enjoy, give your feedback. Who do you think is the best center fielder of all time out of those three? Griffey, Mays, Mantle. um, Best active starting pitcher of at least twelve years: Um, Scherzer, Kershaw, Verlander. And who is more feared as a lefty? You know, going going into the game, Andrew Miller or Chapman or Josh Hader.
0: I would even throw an honorable mention in the last one would be Zach Britton. That stretch, that um, that season that Zach Britton had, where he was just throwing bowling balls and you either struck out or beat it into the ground, was a heck of a season.
2: Faye, hey. hey. Faye, another name we haven't really mentioned on the show before, Zach Britton. Yeah. So, I would argue uh, the.
1: 2001 Randy Johnson in the World Series could also make a strong
2: case for most dominant left-handed reliever. Or Madison Bumgarner in his playoff runs. Yep, that too. David Price. Like, albeit it is a
1: very small sample size, it was completely under dominance.
2: Yeah. But I would have to say... like not us- on Gregory Soto.
0: He hasn't pitched in the playoffs yet, but I know he'll be great when he gets there. In
2: 2027, 20, right. <laughs> when he's pitching that's somewhere a good else, segue right there. When he's pitching, when he's on the else. Dodgers next year, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great segue.
0: It is a great segue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring go? this up on the podcast, and before we start this game, we're not going to go down this rabbit hole because this is all I have to say about this. The Tigers yesterday were up 4-2 to two going into the eighth inning. Andrew Chafin comes in, strikes out the side, but the last batter reached on a wild pitch. Cleveland proceeded the batter round. They are the only team to strike out four times in one inning, as well as score six runs in the same inning.
1: I believe they also are the second team in history to have go, go into a ninth inning tied 0-0 and give up seven runs. Yeah, lose. very Tigers-esque. That's that Gregory Soto effect. Telling that you. happened a month ago, I believe.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, not even a week ago. It was right when I got on the cruise. That's right. That literally happened like a week and a half ago. Um, Making so the Tigers history. just do dumb shit every week. Every single week. It baffles me. New so ways now, that,
1: now that they don't have a general manager because Alex Avila was mercifully relieved of duty. Al Avila. He- Alex
0: Avila has been relieved of
1: his player duties. Correct. Either way, yeah. we are now the general managers of the Detroit Tigers. We just yes. decided that no one decided to step up and take that role. So, as a group, I believe that we would do a pretty good job. So, correct. Um, so, as make believe managers, we're going to have make believe players. Yes. Yes. Um, so, basically,
0: here we're going to do a snake draft. So, you go one, two, three, four, four, three, two, one, one, two, three, four. And so we will um, pick three each because at some point you're going to run a little dry on fictional characters. Um, So we'll go three each, three players that you would add to the Tigers to make them worth something. Coots, I will, I will designate you as the first overall pick since you're the newbie. However, the three of us need to hash it out as to who goes second, third, and fourth.
3: Okay. Obvious. Obvious. One. One.
0: Wait. Wait. We have to figure out who's going second, third, and fourth. Like oh, could, okay. Like Coots pick. Coots, what is your preferred order in two, three, and four?
3: No. 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 Do not. Do not pin me with this.
0: I am pinning you with this.
3: Okay. I'll go one. Shelly, two for fellow Sox fan. Uh, Mike three because I've done more podcasts with him than I have Brian
0: and then Brian four.
2: (laughs) great logic. Love it. (laughs) It, This
0: is so I see why Coots is doing this because we're in the middle of trade negotiations and fantasy baseball. (laughs) And it it played no part in my decision. He's trying to have some leverage here. (laughs) Uh,
3: So uh, my obvious one, one is 11 from stranger things.
0: Whoa.
2: Okay. But, Whoa.
3: but but think about it, she can do anything. She could hit she could hit hit the ball with her mind and throw the ball faster than anything. So well, I'm going about this a
1: very different way now.
3: Well,
2: okay. Um
3: that's the my that's my only non sport fictional character.
2: But what position is she playing so I know how to help fill out the rest of this team? Whatever
3: she wants. She, she could be the only she could be the only defender.
1: She can stop the ball in midair and then catch it. She can also and... pitch and then hit, too. Yes. So I wrote are we done? Baseball movie people.
0: You say what? I wrote down all baseball movie people. I did, oh, too. I'm no, supposed beforehand. to go up against a girl with superpowers.
3: I asked beforehand. I said, is this just sports fictional characters? And you guys said, nah, nah, any. And I
0: said, all right, I'm taking 11. I'm sticking with my baseball guns.
2: Well, Brian, 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 I'm Brian, a Brian's, complaining, Brian's complaining, but yet he has somebody that can tremendously help his Tigers team, and he's still poo-pooing the idea. Who <laughs> I mean, literally...
1: could that
3: not be the 1-1? Now,
1: now, here's the only thing, though, uh, as a fan of the show. Right. Uh, she, her powers are very limited because she gets super tired after she uses them. So is she like a late-inning she's play? A one, she's
0: a one-inning, she's a one-inning
1: girl. she is a cheat code, so – all right, I'm gonna go with a guy that was already a Detroit Tiger who threw a perfect game in his last game. But guess what? We're getting him out of retirement. That's right. I'm getting the Billy, the kid, Chapel back in Detroit. Hall of Famer. I mean, had the greatest, almost a, a movie-like ending to his career, throwing a perfect game in his last game. Uh, I mean, why not? Let's let's bring the, let's bring the kid home.
2: He's already a fan favorite, might as well just make it. A done deal here. Well, to compliment that, um, (laughs) since you've taken care of at least a pitcher, the Tigers' offense struggles quite a bit. So, why not bring some power to that lineup with none other than Pedro Serrano? (laughs) Serrano. (laughs) And Joe Boo. Joe Boo comes with him. The package deal, right? Yes. (laughs) Let's go. Your starting left fielder is Pedro Serrano. Heck yeah.
1: I love that pick.
0: All right. For my first of two straight picks, I'm going with the greatest fictional
1: sports athlete of all time. Does he wear PF flyers?
0: No. (laughs) His name is Pablo Sanchez.
2: Oh. Yes. Oh. yes yes, yes. Yeah. that's it a-
1: probably <laughs> Brian. Is gonna
2: be that guy
3: <laughs> look i had i only have four names on my on my list here
0: and that was my fourth because that was my alternate <laughs> i had i had 10 li- i had 10 names he was the first one i wrote down and i could not believe him i got believe, i could not believe that i got the four with him I, I i could not believe
1: unbelievable um secondly
0: <laughs> I think I want to go with the original Shohei Otani. I'm gonna go Gus from warmers. Pitch like struck out a lot of people, and he hits tanks. And everyone can use a Shohei Otani on their team.
1: Gus Bus. Mm-hmm. The Gus Bus.
2: I but really- then it comes to me. Um... You guys have, have given, like, two really good pitchers, you know, Gus and then um, Shelly's pick. Billy Chapel from uh, for The Love of the Game. Yeah. So you're going to need somebody that can control that pitching staff and keep people in line. So you need a good catcher. Um, so I'm going to go with none other than the absolutely talented, based in real life, Dottie Henson from the Rock for Peaches Ooh, to handle the Henson, pitching staff. The pitching position nice. is stacked in this field. Um, yeah. I think
1: you made the right pick there. Um, Dottie, Dottie Henson's going to keep you all in line. So, all right, so with my pick, he's a little bit young. However, what I've noticed that we're lacking in Detroit is, like, that team morale, that little boost, you know? Like, I feel like like we're missing the glue guy, and I know it's early to go after a glue guy because this guy cannot play. But obviously, none, neither can the Tigers guys right now. So, I mean, he'll fit in perfectly. That's right. I'm drafting G-Baby, man. He is on the Tigers. G-Baby. <laughs>
2: Wave hands in the air. <laughs> <Like it> just... <laughs>
1: that was the
0: number one moment on this podcast. By the way. That was like an episode <laughs> 70-something when we were all sitting here <laughs> waving our hands in the air. No one could see us because it was all on audio. It was a bad podcast. <laughs> that
1: was great. That, it was bad, but great podcasting. I'll say okay.
3: Now it comes back to me. Sometimes the most important aspect of the team is not its players, but the coaching staff. Ooh, we're so, so I'm taking Coach Morris Buttermaker from the Bad News Bears.
2: <laughs> Buttermaker.
3: There, I mean, there's not a team in the league that couldn't use a man of such such prowess on their and, and their staff.
2: And he's proven to take a bad situation and turn it around. That's exactly right. And I
3: believe I believe I believe, I believe some some <laughs> of the Tigers play resembles some of what was mentioned and shown in that movie. So perhaps some similarities and he could just run it back one more time for the sake of the, the, the city of Detroit.
2: And he got his daughter's curveball dropping, you know, quite a bit. So he got yes. Pitch. The too. the
3: yeah. uh induced vertical break would be yeah. uh it majorly improved. Yeah, three and a half feet. Okay. And then my third pick. An athlete that shows athleticism across the board, across many different sports, mind you. This is a movie series with multiple sequels.
0: No, you did not. Yeah. I'm
3: taking Air Bud. No way, have <laughs> Air Bud—the <laughs> dog, the absolute dog. They have the basketball and the football movies. I think that was the first two, and I think they just made a bunch of reruns with just different sports. The, he shows peak Best athleticism. From,
2: yes, in every every sport. <laughs> Best all-around athlete he is. What a so, 5 to a player! All right. What
1: we need, though, is a leadoff hitter. And we probably need a center fielder as well. No, this oh. is going. And why not draft the fastest guy on the planet? Some say he runs like Mays. Others, says he hits like shit. I'm drafting <laughs> Willie
2: Mays. <Hayes>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh... Looking at this roster construction, like I'm actually pretty pretty stoked for you, Brian. Um, Me too. Got, got some solid pitchers. I'm um, create this team and it will be the show. <laughs> I'll just go 162 games. Yeah, guys. You, you got, got that G baby. It's some some somewhere. Right. You got Pedro Serrano in left, Willie Mays Hayes in center, Air Bud. Pedro Serrano's right. gonna have like 20. He's gonna be like Joey Gallo. There's like 20 contact, 99 power. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He's there. Got Pablo playing all over the infield. You got Pablo at shortstop, right? Pablo's at short. Okay, we can go with that. Yeah. Dottie Henson behind the plate. Um, <clears throat> but what you guys really need is a fan attraction. Need a fan attraction. Um, <clears throat> someone that will really increase revenue there. And we know that women really like the long ball, but not only do they like the long ball, there's a certain player that he has a little shimmy that he does that just drives the women's nuts, the women nuts. And that is none other. They wait, wait say Jack that again? <laughs> drives the women's nuts. <laughs> That's why I tried to correct it. Yeah, drive Thank the women nuts. God we don't have an HR team. <laughs> that is true. Do you see the chat? <laughs> yeah double entendre there keep going um, but none other than mr jack parkman he's going to play first base for us and carry the middle of that lineup um we are working past the negotiations of the caliber of women uh that can be uh induced by that but yes we are getting jack parkman at first base
0: well i have five people left on my list um and it, I really thought it'd be a little more narrowed down by now. And so now my decision's a little bit tougher. Good. Oh, you got two. And since, no, I do not. And unless we want to do four. Oh, no, never mind. My bad. If I missed Before we, we can. However, I, I can I, this is supposed to be my last pick. Are we doing three or four? Four, four. Let's go four. four. Let's go four. Okay. All right. So I get two picks. That's great. That's wonderful. Fantastic. How are we feeling about the pitching staff right now? That's, that's, we're doing a, that's flip. a, that's a rhetorical, like, that's a true question. Like, I, I need an answer on that one. Are we I like where, at.
2: like where we're at. I like where we're at. I mean, I, I think you, well, 11 from Stranger Things is probably going to cover the ninth by herself. Well, yeah. but you probably need some middle, some middle relief day or just another pitcher. Yeah. Pitching could, could use a, could use a spot if you got one. All
0: right. We'll go towards, you know, in honor of the Lily World Series, we'll go into the youth. Henry Rovenkartner will okay. be our middle relief guy. He throws 105. Exactly. That's like
2: – Pump and shit.
0: Yeah. And his arm makes a weird – I, I had no comparison for that. I was really glad you said something, Mike, because it was just going to be dead silence <laughs> if you let me continue talking. Uh, yeah. So Henry on it. That's my that's my third pick. My fourth pick, and I'm going to leave my number two guy on here left. Um, I'll go to, down to number three. We need a little lightning in the bat. One of my favorite movies and hitters of all time. One of my favorite jerseys that I've also ever seen at a minor league
1: baseball game. The Natural. Roy Hobbs. I had to. Yeah.
2: Great. Yeah.
3: That's it's incredible. Great. Incredible fourth round value there.
0: Yeah.
1: Good value. Got that slot a slot. Well below
0: slot value.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised that, he, uh, that, that Mr. Hobbs didn't get drafted in like the second round. I was, I was banking on him being gone. So I didn't put
0: yeah.
2: him on the list.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, gosh, man. These last. So <laughs> I was cool with doing one more pick, but then I just had two names pop up and I'm like, who do we go with? Um, you know what, let's go for somebody that's a little bit unknown, but what he's going to do is be able to fire up the team. I know you said a little bit of lightning in the bat, but you always need like that guy that just, you know, gets everybody else going and can really get ignite a team. <clears throat> and this guy here, I mean, he like, I know it's going to sound weird, but he just has a lot of marbles. I figured you'd choose Clark from Ben Horner. My boss. <laughs> You had no my boss. <laughs> Isuro Tanaka to be able to come in and show that he has my boss. <laughs> for Major League Two.
1: I like that pick. I love it. All right. I, so I got to ask how confident are we with 11 closing out games?
2: I don't know, we might have to use her like in the eighth, you know, or. Because I think I think. Air Bud might have uh, to take a break, so, you know, go pee. So part of. He's on a field. <laughs> right, true.
1: <laughs> so, so part of a baseball game, right, is the theatrics of it, right? And, you know, we got to please all, you know, all the fans, you know. Specifically, I'm thinking about the ladies here um, with this guy. You know, he kind of brings that energy to the table. He's got an eccentric hairstyle. Uh, he also has an electric fastball, arguably one of the best closers of his generation. Um, so uh, I believe uh, we're going to go with Wild Thing
2: Vaughn. But I have Rick one caveat Rick with Vaughn that. is
0: Vaughn is an, is an incredible.
2: Yes, but it has to be rookie year, Rick Vaughn. Correct. I don't want second year Rick Vaughn. I won't. Oh, I want
1: either end of his second year Rick Vaughn yeah. or rookie mm-hmm. Rick Vaughn. I need last inning of
2: rookie year Rick Vaughn. Yes. Yes. spectacle, Rick Vaughn. Yes. You hit it. You can name it. You get a piece of it. You can name it. And
1: I want the entire. Uh, Comes with the bar. Yeah, they turn the lights off entirely. Like like we have the whole the whole lights go off, and then. Everybody starts screaming wild thing, you make my heart sing.
0: Edwin Diaz. I was gonna
1: sing it, but I think we get copyrighted and we can (laughs) afford that. There's a chance of that.
3: (laughs) So to to wrap it up, I think we need a glue guy, a locker room guy, perhaps even a veteran presence in the locker room. A legendary character amongst all movies across all genres. I'm taking Ricky Bobby. The Ooh. character Ricky Bobby and his his yeah. aura and presence in the locker room could be the difference.
2: If you ain't first, you're last.
0: Damn
3: right. He's Can the shake, first
0: base coach.
2: Shake and bake. Oh, he's sending everybody every time. Like, it doesn't matter. Oh, Can we move him, Can move him to third base? Can we move to third base, coach? <laughs> you got to make that last turn and head on home, buddy. I really wish we could do a fifth, but we are sort of out of time. We can go honorable mentions.
1: Um, Benny Jet Rodriguez would have been an honorable mention for me, yes. uh, yeah. yeah. So, Jimmy, my, Dug- Jimmy Dugan the coach, I believe. I feel like everyone's yeah. at a in a there, yeah.
2: Um, my, Jake my Taylor, Taylor to catch
0: Billy Chappell would have been good.
2: Daddy could have handled that, yeah. Daddy's fine, and then it Jake works man, Taylor Dottie.
0: caught a perfect
2: game, but his knees are bad, okay. yeah. He's he could be a coach, he could be yeah, a bench could. coach, he was. <laughs> a man. My honorable mention was Harry Dole to call the games. Yes. Get uh, him in well um, my as my like honorary,
0: My honorary front office member
1: is Pete from Moneyball. Uh, I think so Roger right. Dorn would probably be a better fit for this team. Yeah, Dorn. My my honorable
3: mention was you guys remember in Grown Ups how they always flash back to the 12U basketball team? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just let's just bring that whole team. And their camaraderie. <laughs> it's all of them. The combination of David Spade, Adam Sandler, fucking, yeah, Sandler, and then uh, who else? Rock James. Chris Rock and Rock Chris Paul Blart. Paul Blart. Oh, Kevin James.
1: Oh, yeah. A story a for show. another day, but we can talk about how that, that movie series became a train wreck in such a, such a short period of time. Yeah. But yeah. Different podcast for well. that. Gents, this is where we
0: wrap up. We're almost at the two-hour mark, so I'm very proud of us for not going over the two-hour mark. Um, but make sure you go follow us on Twitter at Third Base Dugout. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, at Dorm Room Sports, like that live BP video. It literally takes five seconds to like, follow, everything. Just do it. Otherwise... Um I have no other final thoughts. I don't even watch my own team play anymore. Um, hey, Bright now. Series is more enjoyable than the tigers at the moment.
1: You just got married, man. You got a lot, you got a lot to be happy about. Sure. Don't don't let the tigers bring your boot down.
0: You're exactly right. Yeah, they sure. have not, they haven't in a couple months, truly. Truly, because I haven't watched them. So, like, they, you I can't care. bring my mood down if I don't. It was care actually
3: nothing. a good life life play
0: there, Brian, hedging your emotions here this <laughs> year. Sure. I knew hey. that I was ready to be let down. So, I was like, you know what? We have to have a pick me up halfway through.
3: This. Make a major life decision.
1: Or so you can't get married every year so you're gonna have to figure out what what the new one is next yeah, year yeah that would be a little friend. well with the those.
3: with these new additions to the team maybe they can see a good turnaround
2: or mean or, or just have a kid like that'll be a bright spot <laughs> you could always do that
1: yeah. your kid could be the uh, unofficial fifth host because <laughs> <laughs> <Right.
2: laughs> when you get to the dog days of summer you gotta have something right so get, get a kid. But I don't uh, know you're joking
1: about that now, with Brian. It might be uh, right. No. He's like, hey, okay, no. by
2: the way, uh... <laughs> please can please we no. make a little Dougie shirt? Make a little Dougie shirt. <laughs> you have yes, to break.
1: <laughs> you break the news here. We have the rights to your kid's a uh, birth announcement here.
0: <laughs> and then that entire podcast will be just coming up with the kid's name.
2: <laughs> That's true. Although I would think it will be very, very hard. To beat my son's name, Cannon, Cannon yeah. Maddox.
0: Yeah, well, Cannon Maddox. All of, all of our kids are baseball baseball. So that's yeah, it's good. Maddox is also in our kids, our first kid's name, our first oh, boy's name, at least.
2: Nice, nice. You're welcome. I mean, cool.
0: <laughs> oh, you're a lot farther along there than I am. <laughs> that comes from my Braves
2: heritage. Nah, I know, I know. Um, but He's final nice. thought for me is um, for anybody stuck around for this whole show. Thank you, guys. Like, this is, first of all, it's therapeutic for us. Yeah, we enjoy y'all listening, but it's also fun for us to do this. Um, Last part of my final thought is, hey, Joe, Maniply, if you're listening, um, go ahead and queue up the podcast, but we have a proposition for you. You guys are playing the Cardinals this weekend, and if you can get me, An Albert Pujols autograph. Um, One, I would greatly appreciate it. But then two, what we would also like to do is when you come on the show during the offseason, which we've already talked about, um, we want to have a Joe Maniplat jersey episode day show, all that stuff with your signature on it. One, because you're like you're an awesome, dude, and you're a fan of the show and we're fans of yours. We're so happy for your uh, for your success as an all star. But yeah, just you know, look out for your boy. One time, I you know, I ain't never asked for nothing before. Just you know, see if you can snag me a pool horse autograph, and I would be like greatly appreciative. Incredible. Yeah, but make it yeah, make it happen. Except, except for clear eyes, full hearts. The tigers
1: lose. <laughs>